Welcome to A Medic's Mind, the podcast. Thank you very much for being here. As always, very much appreciated. How's your guys' week been? Mine has been, uh, mine's been okay, I guess. No big complaints, really. Uh, the weather has been my kind of weather, you know, which is overcast, rainy, snowy. Yeah, I've been a happy, happy boy. Got to move some wood this weekend, so that should be fun. Looking forward to doing that. Uh, yeah, that's, um... It's kind of it for me, uh, as far as updates go. Kind of feeling a little bit under the weather. I don't think it's COVID. Uh, <laughs> I think it's just, uh, maybe it's a man flu, which is worse than COVID. But, um, you know, whatever it is, I'm sure it'll go away at some point and I'll be back to 100%. Um, but I don't know if you can hear it. I'm, I'm kind of tired. Uh, really kind of zapped of energy with this thing. Uh, you know, I do I do a load of dishes or something, then I'm done. I'm just, I'm out. And... Uh, that's kind of how it's been for me. So, but I wanted to come down uh, into the podcast area and uh, and and kind of record the preamble and let you guys know that I do have a story for you today, and it's a story um, that has some serendipity to it. Uh, it involves a celebrity. That celebrity's name is James Mullinger, and uh, if you don't know who he is, I highly encourage you to go to YouTube, search up some of his bits, and you will be thoroughly rewarded in laughter. I promise you. Uh, it's, he's, he's a hilarious comedian. He's great at what he does. And the story that I have for you, well, like I said, it's rather serendipitous. So I don't want to give too much of it away. I'd rather just tell you the story. Um, I wrote it recently. It's not on the blog as of yet. Um, I just turned it into a podcast right after I wrote it. And so, uh, you know, here we go. It's coming up. I know that at the beginning of October, I kind of promised a lot of Halloween themed stuff. Uh, but I mean, I, I, you know, a lot of things happened in October. I moved residences. Yeah. I moved across the country. I moved from Toronto back to BC. Uh, so I really haven't had a lot of time to, uh, tap into the creative brain and, and come up with some, some things. So I apologize about that. I know that, uh, for me anyway, I love Halloween themed stuff. You know, the Halloween specials when I was a kid, I used to watch the Simpsons. Speaking of that, uh, Disney plus has all the Halloween Simpsons episode that you could just watch. You don't have to watch the seasons. You could just watch the Halloween episodes. So I've been doing a little bit of that, uh, which has been pretty fun. I enjoy it. Um, what else is new? I have a new therapist. Um, I had a had an interview slash session with uh, with a, a new therapist, um, and I think it's going to be good. He seems like he's very knowledgeable in the world of uh, first responders, and veterans, and post traumatic stress, and. Uh, he has a very soft approach and a, and a really calming demeanor to converse with. So I think that's going to be a good fit for me. I'll keep you guys posted how that goes. Uh, bittersweet in that I have to say goodbye to Doc. Um, never an easy thing because, I mean, I credit that woman with saving my life. So, uh, you know, that um, that part is is a bit, uh, a bit of a bittersweet pill to, to ingest. 
but I think, you know, being able to come out to a new place and find a therapist with relatively short uh, time span is uh, is a pretty comforting thing. So I'm pretty happy with that. Um, overall, right now, life is going fairly well for me. Uh, I've been, you know, kind of dealing with the nightmare situations. Um, and my, my girlfriend has been handling those like a rock star. You know, she's a she's an absolute champion of encouragement and uh, stability. So um, I am deeply humbled and uh, consider myself to be an incredibly lucky human being. So um, those are kind of the Coles Notes versions of what's been up with me over the past little bit. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It's a lighter episode. It's not, uh, you know, it doesn't dive too far into the trauma aspect of, of uh, where my brain usually goes. Um and maybe I will try to get a Halloween episode out. Uh, I can't promise anything, but I'm going to try to work on it because it'd be nice to have one of those out there uh, as well. So never know. There might be two podcasts this week. I can't say right now. That's not a hint that there is. Uh, I would have to work on it. Um, so we'll see. But for now, uh, I will let you know uh, that this uh, this one is involving James Mullinger. Uh, I hope you guys like it. It's called Finding Laughs. And he certainly helped me find mine. So I hope you guys enjoy this. Here it is. Finding Laughs. Medic 1, you're responding. Code 4. Story time. The sky was a thick plume of gray overcast, as was my mind. A depressing canvas for me to stand beneath. Depressing, but fitting. I must have looked like the quintessential figure in an impressionistic art piece depicting unquestionable loathing. It was February, so everything around was still dead and barren, along with my demeanor. Shoulders, slumped, head, bowed, mind, racing. I was standing at the bus stop, my eyes affixed to an arbitrary patch of concrete at my feet. My thoughts bled atop of its imperfect slab, one depressing spill after the next. My ears were working just fine, so they stood guard listening for the approaching bus. But the rest of me, my heart, and my aching mind, horribly broken. Back then, in February of 2017, Fractured would have been a good way to describe me. I had just been diagnosed with PTSD and major depressive disorder. At some point, during a lull of self-punishment, I had decided to seek psychological assessment. This was done in between feeling as though my life was no longer worth living and drinking myself into absolute stupor with great repetition. A skilled woman, a therapist, in a chair opposite of mine informed me of what I had feared for many years prior to our meeting. I was injured. Sick, even. There was part of me that knew it even before she ever uttered the words. But that knowledge was silenced by the bully of denial. So I continued working and doing the things that hurt me. I continued picking up the dead. Both with my hands and my heart. Despite popular rendition or promulgation, ghosts are some of the heaviest things that one can ever carry. And in February of 2017, I was tired, my body sore and stiff. My eyes were a constant mixture of damp and bloodshot. 
I will never know how close I was, but I feel truthful in saying that death followed me closely from behind, his bony hand resting on my shoulder. He was waiting for me. And despite him being behind me, I feel as though I was walking ever closer to him. On that dreary day in February, the reason for my being outside the confines of my crumbling shanty were because of two astonishingly wonderful human beings, Martin and Danny, the twins. They had befriended me, despite my being a heinous version of myself, and invited me to a comedy festival downtown. When they had asked me, I was drunk. I was drunk and in a bar. So of course I said yes. But now, I found myself standing outside in the cold, miserable and near crippled by a hangover. I felt bad should I cancel on the twins. After all, they had paid for my ticket and had already demonstrated angelic-like forgiveness of my cancellations in the past. So I had to go. When I think back on it, I'd like to think that there was at least the slightest bit of me that was excited for this outing. I mean, who doesn't like comedy? And the lineup of comedians was near stellar from what I remember. On the card was Mike Bullard, Graham Chittenden, Phil Hanley, Chris Daniels, Avira Kurt, and more. For all intents and purposes, Optically, this should have been a night to anticipate with great zeal, but enthusiasm and laughing were two things absent in my portfolio of stock and trade. Instead, I just stood as a lumbering mess of frazzled hair, donned by a crinkled shirt and overworn denim jeans, waiting for the aged rust bucket of a city bus to come and collect me. And the first intent I had upon reaching the downtown wasn't even with the twins in mind. It was to find a beer. I hated being out in public. Still do, for the most part. But back then, it was near impossible to do so without booze in my veins. So finding and procuring was typically chief priority. The bus arrived and I was whisked away, one laborious stop after the next to downtown. By the time I had made it to my stop, I was a sweaty mess. There was so much angst-inducing stimulant while on public transit that by the time I make it to anywhere, my nerves are a tattered heap and my clothing saturated by consequence of worry and vigilance. The twins were waiting for me, smiles on their faces and excitement erecting their respective posture. I got off the bus and skulked over to them. Hey boys, how you doing? Good, how about you? They said together. Yeah, uh, good. 
ready for some comedy? Yeah, should be a good time. Danny said while Martin nodded in agreement. I made my intention known of wanting to find a bar, and we three made our way to the nearest watering hole. We didn't have a lot of time, but I managed to pile on three beers before having to pay and make our way to the venue. Needless to say, I was now feeling better. Well, better may be too strong a descriptor. Functional. I was now feeling more functional. The sun had now tucked itself away for the night, and the cold bite of winter air was nipping at us as we traipsed along the slushy walkways. I had a decent internal warmth going as I had consumed a shot of whiskey before leaving the bar earlier, but I could still feel that it was going to be a chilly evening. We got to the venue and made our way inside. To my jovial surprise, they were a licensed establishment and were offering cold beers at a reasonable markup. I ordered three and the twins got theirs. We had good seats, or so I'm told. You see, I remember going to the comedy festival, but I cannot for the life of me recall any of the acts. Just a big blank space of time now exists for me. Which is surprising because when the twins speak of that night, Apparently I was laughing, engaging, and even mimicking some of my favorite acts of the evening after the show. The twins informed me of how hilarious this was. They do so even now, all these years after. Speaking of passages of time, three years may not seem like a large gap between one moment to the other, but that's only if you choose to measure time numerically. If you measure by increment of experience and wakeful breath, then my three years has been a lifetime. Let me explain. From when that show ended to now when this blog entry began, I have lost my mother. She died by way of suicide at the end of 2017. I've stopped drinking, went to rehab, wrote a book, won an award for it, and lost a partner and good friend to suicide. And then, I lost my sister too. She died this past January. Part of me still struggles to believe it. Writing and saying it feels so awfully surreal. does the passage of time and comedy have to do with me and today? Well, I gotta tell you, I'm a rather fortunate wretch at times. Earlier this year, I woke to a social media notification. Upon clicking and ingesting this electronic note, I learned that a man named James had read my book, liked and even reviewed my book. His words were kind, sincere, and undeniably heartfelt. Now, this isn't the first review I've read. But each time I read one, I am blown away by it. So much so that I generally screen cap and share it with my friends and my publisher, Heather. I sent it to her and she remarked in such a way that while reading her words, I could hear her voice. Oh my god. James Mullinger? That's amazing! 
Do you know who he is? I don't, I reply. I really didn't. She went on to explain who he was, what he does, and why amazing is such an accurate descriptor for what had just happened here. After she explained, I went on a self-directed social media tour of all things Mullinger. Lots of dangerous streets in St. John. I went, ooh. I said, no, there's not, not compared to where I'm from. They said, ah, you haven't been down Waterloo Street there. I said, yes, I have, and I've been down Waterloo Street, and compared to the crime-ridden land I came from, the worst that's going to happen if you walk down Waterloo Street, I said, is that you might see someone sitting on a doorstep with a few less teeth than they'd like. An alternative to this option. They said, well, yes, Mr Mullinger, th th there is, actually. Um, you can um, produce the sample at home. You know what that means. And bring it into the hospital and we'll do the test here. I said, that sounds wonderful. What's the catch? She said, well, it does need to be 15 minutes fresh. I said, but I live 30 minutes from the fucking hospital. I said, does that mean when I pull off the highway onto the Prom Foster Thurston, I need to start jerking off in the car? And have you been down that road? You seen that road? Can you imagine coming along the Prom I'm new in town, I don't want to get pulled over by the cops. Catch that, mate. The man is a remarkable talent in all that is comedy. I near doubled over while watching some of his bits over the internet. It made me feel pretty good that a guy like that, a man with an obviously hectic schedule, had taken the time to read my work and then remark upon it so kindly. Another surreal moment. This one a little less painful. Not painless, but less potent than other bouts of incredulity. The pain comes in the understanding that no matter how great the news is that I receive, from this point on, I will never be able to share it with those whom I have loved and lost. Some nights, I just stand beneath the glitter of forever, casting gapes into the unknown, wondering if they can hear me.
Several days after what I now dub the Mullinger Post, I was gifted even more serendipity. During a confabulation with the twins, I learned that I had met, listened to, and sat in a room with the one and only James Mullinger. Martin informed me about that night, the night of the comedy festival. He told me that James Mullinger was on the card and that we had watched him perform. He went on to tell me that for the duration of the night, I would randomly break into a Mullinger facsimile and retell his jokes while drinking around the table. Turns out, perhaps unbeknown to James Mullinger, that he has the ability to make a laughless man find a smile. Something I deemed impossible back then. Something I am forever grateful for now. In James's publication of Edit Magazine, he wrote that my book, A Medic's Mind, was one of the most profoundly devastating, yet uplifting books that he's read all year. The irony in that was that in February of 2017, I was a man devastated by his own existence who managed to find an uplifting through a night of comedy. Finding laughs, if you will. Well, I've certainly found it. And here, in 2020, it's needed now more than ever. James, thank you, kind sir. Perhaps one day we can sit around a table consume a bit of sparkling water and share a laugh at how crazy this has all been. But until then, encore, sir. Encore. You can't turn the tide Let the water go where it wants to go You can run and hide Self beneath the stone. Somebody told me, Don't pretend. Cause everyone could use a friend sometimes. Take some good advice. Don't let your fear decide. That's how you break inside. Pieces. Hey, you'll be a-